He's incoherent. He's making catastrophic mistakes, blunder after blunder. Joe Biden is not all there. He's not, not all there. He's gone. I mean, look, this is getting ridiculous and someone has got to start thinking about the 25th Amendment. He is clearly not up to the job. Now, this embarrassing tour continues in Europe. It looks like he signaled he was sending the troops, the American troops he was talking to, this is the 82nd Airborne in Poland, told them that they're basically going to war in Ukraine. Listen to what he said. And you're gonna see when you're there, and some of you have been there, you're gonna see, you're gonna see women, young people standing, standing in the middle of the front of a damn tank, just saying, I'm not leaving. I'm holding my ground. They're incredible. I'm concerned for a lot of reasons. Number one, he's talking about Ukraine and women and men and children have been standing in front of the tanks. That's where it's happening in Ukraine. All right. We've seen that. Uh, back to Joe Biden, though. Is he telling these troops they're going to see that because they're going in? Is that his plan? That concerns me. It also concerns me if that's not his plan, that he's making this horrific mistake. Again, where are they going to go and what are they going to see? And you're going to see when you're there, and some of you have been there, you're going to see, you're going to see women, young people standing, standing in the middle of the front of a damn tank, just, just saying, I'm not leaving. I'm holding my ground. They're incredible. That is impressive. But what are you talking about? This is dangerous stuff. This is jeopardizing our national security. Big chunk of me fears that this is his plan committing us to a ground war potentially, maybe to get our attention off of his obvious woes back here in America, our obvious woes. I'm not sure. The mistakes, every time he talks, he makes a big one. Now, the man off to the left there is his Secretary of Defense, a former general by the name of Lloyd Austin. Listen to how he describes him. Reason why, when the general, when the Secretary of State asked me if I'd send another 12,000 troops along to the United States, I said, Yeah, from the United States. All right, the general, again, General Lloyd Austin, is the Secretary of Defense, not the Secretary of State. He can't keep his people straight. By the way, the troops, they sense that something is wrong. You could hear a pin drop. Uh, he's talking to the troops, not making much sense. And I mean, they offered him courtesy, but they don't respect him. Mother's maiden name. So uh, I mean, you had to change your name, so let me know, okay? You can smile, man. I'm okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, uh, uh, do you finish eating or just starting? Secretary's starting to eat and they're doing a little closer. Well, if you're starting to eat, I'm going to sit down and have some Everyone's watching him. He's not making much sense. And like an awkward kid in a cafeteria who isn't really in any particular clique, he's not in with the jocks, he's not in with the academics, he doesn't know where to sit. Finally, he sits with them. 
And then it gets really strange. These are troops. They're supposed to eat first. They don't have any food, but he gets the pizza. He gets the pizza and he digs right in as nobody else has anything to eat. Now you tell me, I think these troops are, uh, well, they're not impressed. Now look at the guy on the left. He's just, he can't figure this guy out. The guys in the back there, they're aghast, I believe, at the behavior from the so-called commander-in-chief. Am I being too hard on them? I, on, the, on the president here, I, I actually don't think so. In the military, again, it is protocol for the junior people to eat first. And you see, all the food and drink is in front of Joe. Everybody is waiting for the pizza pies to be delivered to them eventually. Now you compare this to how Donald Trump, how he was greeted by the troops overseas. You see the difference? <laughs> now, you could say, well, wait a second. Melania is on the stage and they had music and it's like a rally. What happens when Donald Trump drops by the mess hall just like Joe Biden did? Watch. You notice everybody on their feet right away. That's impressive. That is um, that's affection. That's respect. Joe Biden and the troops, I'm sorry, this is just lame. This is just sad. This is just, next picture, cold. This is not leadership, not leadership. And also, one thing the military really values, integrity. You don't boast about things you haven't done. That's stolen valor. And Joe Biden did that, even today, not for the first time. I've been in and out of Iraq and Afghanistan about uh, 40 times, 30 sometimes. All right, number one, we've spoken about this before. When one of these politicians boasts about how many times they've been to Iraq, that bothers me because I've been there like two or three times, but for long stays, most soldiers, when they go to Iraq, were there for a year, six months, they count it as one deployment. He counts his six-hour trips, his 12-hour trips as, you know, an entire tour. So he said 38, 40 times. What's the real answer? 21 times, all right? 21 times. And if you added it all up, I mean, really, it would not equal 21 days. It would be far less. Some of those trips were for a matter of hours. So when we have this weakling as our president, this man with obviously no integrity, it emboldens our enemies. It's already emboldened Vladimir Putin, and it emboldens Kim Jong-un. Now, a new video out that I cannot imagine premiering if Kim Jong-un had to deal with President Trump. This is a propaganda video produced by North Korea. It's kind of funny. I mean, they're trying to be all ominous and tough. It's funny and weird. And again, it wouldn't be happening under President Trump. Take a look.
Wow, are you intimidated? Uh, it's kind of like that movie, The Interview. There's more. Okay, actually, the North Koreans just may have a secret weapon after all. They're all going to make us die from laughter. I mean, all right. Now they launch the big missile uh, with a great deal of anticipation. Oh, boy. All right, wait a second. Let's launch this thing, right? What's next? Enough with the watch. Go. that? Just like the communists, it took 17 guys to say blast off, all right? 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, ignition. They all, everybody had to get in on it. Look, this is nonsense, obviously, and it would not be happening clearly under President Trump. Do you remember? This is the guy who brought him to the table. Donald Trump and that meeting, the fake news, the swamp said this was the worst thing that ever happened. No, it was keeping us safe. So you saw all the crazy mistakes Joe Biden just made in Poland. Watch how the fake news totally covers up and totally spins for him. It's pretty wild, even for them. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Rob Carson, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view, and it's actually funny? You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app, and it downloads directly to your smartphone, so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app, or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts for other platforms. Something's coming. All I can say... Is, is that, that the fake, fake news just doesn't get it, do they? This is wild, even for them. Wow. So Joe Biden has made some of the biggest gaps in the history of presidential politics over the past couple of days, ever since he's become president, really. But this one was so overt. And the media's covering up their spin of his screw-ups, it's... It's, it'll take your breath away. So Joe Biden, out of the blue, again, said sanctions were never to deter. Sanctions are designed to deter. Everybody knows that. But Joe said the opposite. Sir, deterrence didn't work. What makes you think Vladimir Putin will alter course based on the action you've taken today? Let's get something straight. You remember, if you covered me from the very beginning, I did not say that, in fact, the sanctions would deter him. Sanctions never deter. You keep talking about that. Sanctions never deter. The maintenance of sanctions, the maintenance of sanctions, the increasing the pain and the demonstration why I asked for this NATO meeting today is to be sure that after a month we will sustain what we're doing, not just next month, the following month, but for the remainder of this entire year. That's what will stop him. 
That's not what I said. You, you, you're, you're playing a game with me. I know. The answer is no. Playing a game. He's wrong. He's angry. He's angry and wrong. A thousand percent wrong. And here's the proof. Purpose of the sanctions has always been and continues to be deterrence. The purpose of the sanctions in the first instance is to try to deter Russia from going to war. The president believes that sanctions are intended to deter. They're meant to prevent and deter a large-scale invasion. We want them to have a deterrent effect. The sanctions are designed in the first instance to try to deter Russia from taking further aggression. As well as our efforts to uh, both try to deter Russia uh, through sanctions. If you pull the trigger on that deterrent, well, then it doesn't exist anymore as a deterrent. Okay, so the mainstream media, they live for moments like this, especially the White House press corps. But the president said this, and this is short of what the administration has said. Now, this is egregious, but even like under Trump, they'd either make it up or make a small difference, a huge difference and bang the drum relentlessly. This, again, is under Trump. Take a look. President Trump undermines his own advisor and a key ally and sides with Kim Jong-un. And President Trump contradicting virtually every health official in his administration. President Trump undermining his own CDC director. President Trump contradicts his own administration. President Trump contradicts his staff and then himself on Russia. President Trump contradicts his top doctor again. President Trump contradicting his own national security advisor on North Korea. All right. And on and on and on like that. So now they have Joe Biden clearly in contradiction with his own um, administration. So what do they do? They cover for him. They ignore it and they spin. First up, ABC News. Now they have all their white ass reporters over there following the president as every single move. They did not mention one word about this massive discrepancy. They covered every move of Joe Biden without the obvious blunder. CBS, they tried something else. They kind of included it, but basically spun for Joe Biden. Listen. Sanctions never deter. The president admitted the crippling international sanctions imposed so far may be wrecking Russia's economy, but they haven't forced Putin to change course yet. We will sustain what we're doing, not just next month, the following month, but for the remainder of this entire year. That's what will stop him. President Biden heads closer to the invasion zone tomorrow. Yeah, actually, massive, no mention, none. Where are the gongs? Where's the breaking news? NBC did a similar stunt. So far, the U.S. and NATO allies have unleashed significant sanctions against Russia for the invasion. But those penalties have not deterred Putin, something the White House and Vice President Harris initially said was the goal. Today, the president bristling when asked if that strategy was not working. I did not say that, in fact, the sanctions would deter him. Sanctions never deter. You keep talking about that. Sanctions never deter. The maintenance of sanctions, the maintenance of sanctions, the increasing the pain, that's what will stop him. And Kristen, joining me here in Brussels right now, the president heading to Poland tomorrow. There's president getting on a plane tomorrow. We won't talk anything about the massive discrepancy in what he was saying and what his team was saying for months. Kristen Welker and Lester Holt, 
Have they ever covered up and spun for Democrats before? You betcha. And on the biggest stage imaginable, in 2016, Lester Holt was protecting Hillary. He was getting facts wrong, challenging President Trump on the facts when President Trump was right and Lester was dead wrong. And of course, Kristen Welker, more recently in the 2020 debate, both from NBC News, by the way, running defense for Joe Biden, trying to get the conversation off the laptop, back onto race and climate change. Yeah, that's what these people do. It's really quite simple. They just cover for Democrats. All right. Now, I do think Joe Biden's not going to make it. He's declining. Does that mean it's going to be Kamala Harris? That does not seem like an attractive option either. Now, our friends at Grabian, it's a, it's a great website, I'll tell you about that in a second, put together this incredible montage. You know, she likes to wax poetic and get philosophical. They call this little sequence Kamala Harris, the failed philosopher. Take a look uh, at her musings. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. We must together work together to see where we are, where we are headed, where we are going, and our vision for where we should be. Because we have the ability to see what can be, unburdened by what has been, and then to make the possible actually happen. To see what is possible, to see what can be, unburdened by what has been, to reject the notion that the way things have always been has to be the way things will continue to be. I think she has the potential to be a very great kindergarten teacher. Definitely. And she should definitely pursue that. We want to thank Tom Elliott at Grabian. They put this stuff together. Follow him on Twitter, Tom S. Elliott. By the way, they're always trying to cancel this guy because he's so good. All right. On to Leah Thomas, or as I call her or him, the fake woman. Uh, she's a fake woman. I don't care what the fake news says. So what's next for her after college? What are her goals? Well, the first thing is the NCAA championships. That comes up in a couple of weeks. Then she has her eye on the Olympics, and USA Swimming says that she qualifies under their new guidelines. They would gladly welcome her on the team. All right. Thank you, staff. Uh, and just like that, her, you know, Leah Thomas and so many of her trans, uh, fellow athletes, defenders, whatever, they don't seem to have respect for us. So I am not going to return any respect. Uh, This is crazy. They have not worked with us. They're jamming this down everybody's throat. And Leah Thomas is cheating. This is a compelling picture. It shows the amazing, incredible advantage (laughs) Leah has over the real women. You see this, how earlier, how much sooner they hit the water? She's flying, literally flying, Leah, he, whatever, confusing, right by them. That's wrong. And we're being canceled and shunned and shamed for calling out this lunacy. They're the lunatics. Sorry. Also this, remember? Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Not in this context. I'm not a biologist. Wow. Uh, That was quite a moment, huh? And here's a reminder 
that USA Today is not a real newspaper. Uh, let's face it, nobody subscribes to it. Sometimes you got it at the Hampton Inn for free, if that. Uh, it's uh, an incredibly bad newspaper. Take a look at this headline. Marsha Blackburn asked Katanya Brown-Jackson to define woman. Science says there's no simple answer. Really? Uh, a human being capable of producing eggs and or bearing children. I think that about sums it up. Hormonally, there are some differences that lead to emotional differences. Not always, but across broad spectrums of the uh, population. Something along those lines, maybe. USA Today, huh? Take a look at this one, too. They made, yeah, that person, I'll say, Dr. Rachel Levine, Woman of the Year. They did it on purpose to push buttons. Uh, reason why nobody cares about USA Today, today or any day. Coming up, Justice Clarence Thomas. We hope he's getting better. He had the flu. That's his wife, Ginny Thomas. And guess what? The fake news is coming after her. Because, and so was the swamp, she had questions like a lot of people about the fairness of the 2020 election. Now they're trying to impeach Thomas. I don't think it's going to work, but they may need our help. Be right back. This country was made by tax rebels, freedom fighters, gold seekers, believers, lovers, and true patriots. We're Newsmax. And we're their heirs, and so are you. Newsmax TV, real news for real people. So Ginny Thomas and her husband, Justice Clarence Thomas, they're coming after both of them. Take a look at this headline. This is from the New York Times. Ginny Thomas pressed Trump's chief of staff to overturn the 2020 vote. Text messages show? No, not really. The text messages show that she had concerns about the election. She thought it was being stolen. A lot of people agree with her. Biden and the left is attempting the greatest heist of our history. You got to get into her headspace. So overturning a fraudulent election, if that's what she was thinking it was, and a lot of people were, that's okay. You don't have to panic. We know Joe Biden is the president, but she has some concerns. And we're allowed to have concerns no matter what the fake news says. Call it what you want to call it. Uh, but, but, but if you're trying to, to, to throw out a presidential election because you lost, that's, over, that's overthrowing American democracy. Ease up, Charlie. Um, no, it's not. Actually, concerns about fairness in elections, they've been around for a long time. And there's a little something called the Electoral Count Act of 1887. And this is what Ginny Thomas and uh, Mr. Meadows from the White House were talking about. There are provisions under the law to object when there are concerns about the fairness of the election. Now, let's go inside the Electoral Count Act of 1887. And it says quite clearly, if you have an objection, every objection shall be made in writing and be signed by at least one senator and one member of the House of Representatives before the same shall be received. It provided a forum to debate if the election was fair or not. It's in the law. And that's what the fake news doesn't want us to know. But there it is. Democrats, by the way, have tried to use this many times. Let's go back to the year 2000. They couldn't pull it off because they couldn't get a senator to cooperate. But plenty of House members stood up and said, we don't like this election and we object. Take a look. 
Uh, Mr. President, it is in writing and signed by several House colleagues on behalf and myself of the 27,000 voters of Duval County in which 16,000 of them are African Americans that was disenfranchised in this last the, election. Uh, the, the gentlewoman will suspend. The question, um, the part of the question uh, that I'll put again is, uh, is the objection signed by a member of the Senate? Not signed by a member of the Senate. The Senate is missing. She was behaving within the law. She had concerns about the fairness of the election. She voiced them and wrote them down. She needed a senator for the debate to continue. There wasn't one. Now let's fast forward to 2016. Jamie Raskin, remember him? He's still around. Democrat from Maryland. He tried it, didn't work, but he tried. Uh, I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified. Is the objection in writing and signed not only by the member of the House of Representatives, but also by a senator? Is in writing, Mr. President. Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yet, Mr. President. In that case, the objection cannot be entertained. So, uh, you see where this is going. They tried, they couldn't pull it off. In 2020, the concerns about the election were much more widespread. So, not only members of Congress, but senators were willing to put it in writing and stand up to be heard. I, Paul Gosar from Arizona. For what Store. purpose does the gentleman from Arizona rise? I rise up for myself and 60 of my colleagues to object to the counting of the electoral ballots from Arizona. Uh, is the objection in writing and signed by a senator? Yes, it is. It is. You see, and that was in the morning on January 6th. They were successful at doing what Democrats have been trying for 20 years. So what do they do? They let them inside. You see what went down? They let the protesters inside to stop what had been successfully started. Not to start something, but to stop something. There's ample evidence, and that's my belief. And yeah, maybe we need a commission, but you see what actually happened? They were led in not to start something, but to stop something. And shooting that young girl, you'd have to stop it at that point. You'd have to. You see, does it make sense? All right. Now, moving on to this character, Mayor Eric Adams of New York City. He's not an impressive person. He looks great in a suit, but he doesn't have a damn uh, clue as to what he's doing. He's uh, a new mayor, just got in there in January. Again, he does like to look cool, and I'll give him that. He looks cool. I mean, yeah, the shades, the the suits, uh, you name it. Sometimes he wears pretty garish uh, jackets, and he hangs with celebrities. He also loves to uh, encourage people to smoke pot. Uh, this is what he did even before he became mayor. He made the announcement like, let's do it. Smoke them if you got them. One of my best gifts, as you know, marijuana is legal. I have raw. I did not know. I have raw. I am not aware, Mr. Mayor. I'm not into that scene. I have bamboo. Oh. 
you know? big. And I can't give you this gift. I'll give it to you later, you know? <laughs> Isn't that cute? Smoke some weed in New York City, a city already out of control. And crime is up 58% this year compared to last year. And this was his whole signature issue. He was supposed to be the crime fighter. Everyone's learning, I knew it a long time ago, that he knows nothing about fighting crime, but he knows everything about grievance politics and identity politics and woke this and all, everything's racial. I'm a black man, that's the mayor. But my story has been interpreted by people that don't look like me. All right, so he went off on the press. They were too white, all right? That's why he was getting such negative press. He's getting great press. Anyway, this phony baloney guy uh, kept the vaccine mandate going for cops, firefighters, just about everybody, everybody, if you want to do anything in New York City. But he just issued a great big fat exemption to professional athletes and performers. They are now exempt from the vaccine mandate. Now, I want everybody to be exempt from the vaccine mandate. But cops, firefighters, some are losing their jobs because they won't get the vaccine mandate. Plenty of people uh, who work at these stadiums, not as ball players, but maybe in the stands, and I already mentioned the emergency workers, uh, the employees, they're losing their jobs because they wouldn't be vaxxed. This guy is all, he's the worst kind of politician. He just likes the perks. He just likes the cars. He just likes the house. It actually comes with a house, mayor of New York City. You get your own mansion. We gotta take that back, huh? What do you think? Okay, next, we're gonna meet a guy who got a Let's Go Brandon license plate from the state of Alabama. They wanted it back when they realized what it stood for. But he just got an apology for all the trouble they put him through. Stay with us. As you can hear the chants from the, the crowd. Go Let's go, Brandon. Go <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. Uh, this guy took it to a very unique place. His license plate, you're looking at Nathan Kirk, and take a look at the license plate on his pickup truck. LGBFJB, let's go, Brandon. F Joe, your boy. Yes, he very cleverly submitted that to the Department of Motor Vehicles in Alabama. They didn't like it when they found out about it, but Nathan Kirk has won this fight. First of all, Nathan, good to see you again. How are you? I'm doing well. Great to be here. Good to, good to see you. And you're joining us from uh, Blunt County Tactical, of which you are the owner. Great facility. We'll talk about that in a second. Anyway, you. you submitted for this license plate when? I uh, submitted for it in October uh, of this past year and issued uh, a couple months later. Uh, got the tag, I think, uh, January 21st or 2nd um, of this actual year, 2022 and uh, rode around with it, uh, not thinking anything about it for about a month until I got the, the call from the state. And the, they said, uh, we don't like it. This is offensive. You got to turn it in, correct? 
Yes, absolutely. They they did. Uh, that that was the the phone call. Then I, I did get a letter uh, stating the same information uh, a few days later after the phone call, and uh, that's when we began our fight. And um, you know, it lasted a few weeks. Well, I'm going to skip to the conclusion of this fight because you won it, my friend. Let's put it up on the screen. You have a letter and an apology from the, the Alabama Department of uh, Revenue Motor Vehicle Division has determined the above-referenced license plate will not be recalled. We apologize for any inconvenience this may have caused. You won, sir. Uh, so you how did you do it? You were fighting it. Did you lawyer up? Was it a petition drive? How did you fight the state of Alabama and win? Well, um, a lot of it, I was going to lawyer up. Uh, I was going to fight it in court. I was going to appeal it and anything that I needed to do. But, you know, being on your show, uh, being a lot of other places that I was, it didn't even go that far. Uh, it seems like it rattled a few, uh, you know, people that were a little higher than the people that objected to the tag from the beginning, you know, the beginning stage. And all of a sudden uh, they decided to drop it. Okay, well, listen, we're glad you won. And by the way, they, they did say, well, we have rules against uh, offensive language on the license plate. But, I mean, you really got to go out of your way to decode this, right? I mean, just glancing at it, no one's going to read it out loud and say the F word and all that stuff, right? No, no, no. Uh, you hear a lot of people say, uh, you know, FJB. I mean, you hear them say it in the terms, you know, just like I said it in, in the, the letters, um, but the state didn't realize that I would be smart enough to do a little investigation and, and even found out that in September of last year, they started issuing Freemasonry tags from the state that started with the letters FJB, then 001, 002, 00, all the way to 999. And if theirs is not offensive, certainly mine's not. By the way, why do you feel, I assume you're not a Joe Biden fan, uh, and there are lots of reasons to choose from. But for you, uh, why are you dissatisfied in this president? Well, just uh, from the beginning, policy is completely uh, different from what uh, my personal belief, uh, you know, system aligns with. Uh, I don't you know, I, I'm I'm basically anti everything that he represents. Uh, I, I, I love the Second Amendment. I love the First Amendment. Um, I'm, I'm anti-abortion. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm pro-life. Uh, he, this guy is definitely anti everything that I am. So right off the bat, it, you know, of course, it, it, he was somebody that I was not going to vote for and will not support. Um, and then you throw into things, you know, throw into the way he uh, handled Afghanistan uh, exit and, and things like that. It, it's just it's it, it's pathetic. It, it's not uh, not nothing I'll ever support. Nathan, uh, by the way, I see you sold the flamethrower that was <laughs> behind you the last time we spoke. Now you've got a, uh, I don't know, it looks like a uh, transgender uh, assault weapon. What the heck is that thing? Well, that, that was a, a conversation piece created by our own um, gun wizard, uh, James, <laughs> the XD man, Nicholas. But that's our Boogaloo gun uh, that, that re represents the Boogaloo movement and uh yeah, it's it's a conversation piece. <laughs>
Oh, boy, the Boogaloo movement. Uh, those guys are, uh, well, we'll have to talk about them. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the Boogaloo boys, come on, man. They're bad news, right? All right. Uh, we got it. We well, I'm we, sure they are, but it, it was, we were paid to do the gun, and, you know, so we did it. <laughs> All right. Of course, everything within the law, and you are operating very much in the law down there at Blunt County Tactical. Nathan Kirk, thank you, sir. And uh, let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Okay. We'll be right back. Well, is this World War One or World War Three? Take a look at this. Trench warfare. Have you heard about these? Uh, they're all over Ukraine. Ukrainian forces have dug them uh, defensive positions. This video was taken by our own Michael Grimm, the former New York congressman who is now a Newsmax contributor slash foreign correspondent. Uh, congressman, great to have you. Uh, and I'm quite frankly, I'm sorry you're in Ukraine. I'm also glad you're there. What's it like? How are you, sir? Good afternoon, Greg. It um, depends on where you are. So where I was in Mikolaev, we had a bug out earlier than we expected because the shelling was consistent and it looked like it was getting closer. Uh, what you see there, that trench and a makeshift, um, the sandbags, it's like a makeshift bunker. It also had 14 prepared Molotov cocktails. I don't know if you can see that, but we had Molotov cocktails there also. What they're doing, the Ukrainians, look, they know that they're obviously outmanned by numbers and they're outgunned by the Russians. So they're using old fashioned ingenuity and trying to do anything they can. That bunker may be used by the military, but it may also be used by the local police force to back up the military. If the fighting enters the streets of Mikolaev, house to house, building to building, it's urban warfare in a lot of these areas. And Mikolaev, they want to hold Mikolaev because if that falls, that gives up a big portion of the coastline along the Black Sea, where we know the Russians have a major fleet and which is a lot of artillery coming from that fleet into Mikolaev and unfortunately the Odessa area. So you're in Kiev right now. Um, overall, I, I hear that, look, there's been almost a cessation, a pause. What are you seeing? It seems kind of quiet where you are right now. Uh, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? Is there any chance that this thing is wrapping up? Any, uh, w w what's your sense? I don't, I don't get the sense that it's wrapping up at all. In fact, there's areas like Mariupol where uh, the Russians have, have concentrated their, their intense firing and, and to take that. And I don't believe they're done along that southern area that I had just mentioned. They already have control of Kherson. They definitely want Mariupol and then, to go to Mar and then to go to Odessa because that would cut off all of Ukraine from that Black Sea and from Moldova. So I don't think there's a cessation. I actually think that the Russians are trying to be somewhat strategic. They've had a lot of problems. They've had logistical issues. They've had communications problems, supply chain problems. And the, Ukraine, the Ukrainians, to their, it's, it's a testament to their, their fortitude and their resolve. They have done an amazing job with what they have. Again, like ingenuity, using the sandbags, tires, Molotov cocktails. Everyone is in this fight. Today, I passed a soldier that had to be 65, if not older. He had a full uniform and an AK-47, and he was at a checkpoint. And there's no question, this older gentleman was ready to fight the Russians. So, you know, Joe Biden is one country over in Poland right now. He made a, uh, a, st made a startling observation and prediction for what the troops 
might be seeing in the days ahead. Listen to this, please, Congressman. And you're going to see when you're there, and some you've been there, you're going to see, you're going to see women, young people standing, standing in the middle of the front of a damn tank, just saying, I'm not leaving. I'm holding my ground. They're incredible. So the weird part here is, hey, it's great that uh, Ukrainians are standing in front of the tanks, but he's saying that U.S. troops are going to be seeing that, essentially saying that they're going to be going into Ukraine. The White House tried to walk this back. You know, we're not going in there. Are Ukrainians aware of this uh, statement? And, and given your political experience and your experience with Joe Biden, what do you make of that? I hate to say this, Greg, but the reality is if I was you, if I was the Ukrainian president tonight, instead of javelin missiles and more armaments and even a no fly zone, I'd probably be asking for the president of the United States to not say another word on international television, because you can say a lot about Putin. Maybe Putin's crazy. Maybe he's not. I don't know. But I do know this. Vladimir Putin preys on weakness. And President Joe Biden today and the day before and almost every day is anything but strong. He is the epitome of weakness and he is emboldening the Russians. They look at this and they're empowered. So if I was Ukraine, I'd be asking him, I, rather than a javelin missing, please stop speaking, Mr. President. <laughs> Great advice, actually. Congressman, listen, uh, it's dangerous over there, as you know, but maybe our viewers don't know that you have combat experience as a Marine. You were in the first Gulf War. Uh, but, you know, we're uh, praying for your safe return. You heard what happened to the other journalists about two weeks ago. Uh, don't be a hero, okay? We're counting on you coming back safe and sound. Roger that, Greg. <laughs> okay, pal. It's good to see you. Great work and to be continued. Thank you, Congressman Michael Grimm. We'll be right back. If you've had it with the old news and the same spent, well, then Spicer and Company is your place for the inside story and for the facts that you need to know. Tomorrow night, Saturday night on Newsmax, we're carrying the Trump rally from Commerce, Georgia, live in its entirety. Commerce is about an hour or so outside of Atlanta. It should be great, these Trump rallies. Nothing like them. We're really, quite, quite frankly, kind of lucky to be alive <laughs> at this time. I know it's chaotic, but seriously, we've never seen anything like him. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you watch. And thank you for supporting this show and all of Newsmax. Very much appreciated. Have a great weekend. I'll see you next week. Stinchfield is next. <laughs>